The Mishnah has continued to discuss the mitzvah of Ashava Saveda, of returning a lost item which he found. And the Mishnah writes that if somebody finds an animal inside a refes, which is an area designated for animals to stay, some sort of stable, an enclosure which is designated for the animals, and we're talking about a case where the animal is able to easily escape and leave that area. However, there's nothing which is urging the animal to do so. And so we assume the animal is not about to run away, even though it's able to, and therefore in a chayav bar, the one who finds it is not obligated to take the animal and take care of it and make sure that it doesn't run away, because it is not considered to be a lost item. On the other hand, Bersarabim, if he finds the animal in a public area, there it is assumed to be lost, and therefore chayav bar, anyone who finds it is obligated to take it and return it to its owner. Now what happens if the the item was found in a cemetery and the person who found it is somebody who is forbidden to become Tomei, for example a Koyen. The question is, should he go into the Beis and become Tomei in order to fulfill this mitzvah? In general there is a rule that that's a positive mitzvah to do something overrides a negative mitzvah not to do something. And in this case, there's a positive mitzvah to return the item, and there's a negative prohibition for the coin to become Tomei. So we should say the rule of Asei Dechaleisa and he should become Tomei in order to do the mitzvah of However, this is not the case, because as well as there being a prohibition for him to become Tomei, there is also a positive mitzvah that he needs to be holy, and included in that is not becoming Tomei. But the prohibition of becoming Tomei includes also a mitzvah saseh, a positive mitzvah. And therefore we no longer have the rule of because here it's not only a a, a negative mitzvah, but it's also a positive mitzvah, but the Kohen needs to make sure he remains holy and not Tomei. And even if in Omale Oviv Hitame, his father tells him, become Tomei, enter the cemetery, in order to fulfill the mitzvah of Hashavah Saveda, so now there's another, another positive mitzvah added on of Kibdavoim, or in a case where Osha Omar Altachzer, his father tells him in a case where the item is not found in a Beisak Varus. In a regular case where somebody finds an item and needs to do Hashavah Saveda, his father tells him, don't do Hashavah Saveda, don't do that mitzvah. So we're here, what should he do? Is a contradiction. On the one hand, there's a mitzvah of Saveda. On the other hand, there's a mitzvah of listening to his parents. It says the Mishnah, you should not listen to his father. And it's learned from a apostle that any time that one's father tells him to do something which goes against the Torah, there's no mitzvah of Kibbutz aim at all. So in such a case where one's father tells him not to do a Saveda, he should do a Saveda rather than listening to his father. Now, the Torah says that if somebody sees somebody else's donkey with a heavy load on the donkey and the owner of the donkey has stopped and is now unloading the donkey, there is a mitzvah of to help that person unload the donkey's load. That's known as prika. As well as that, there's a mitzvah to help somebody to load the donkey. If, for example, the donkey's load fell off of it, and the owner now needs to put it all back onto the donkey, there's a mitzvah to help that person to put back the things on the donkey's back. And of course this applies to all animals. When the Torah talks about a donkey, that's just a common example, because a donkey is an animal which carries things. Now the Mishnah tells us that Porak v'to'an, if somebody helped a person 
to unload, to do prika, to unload the animal, the to'an, and then he did t'ina, he helped him to load the animal again. And then porak, again when the owner wanted to take it off, so this person helped him to unload the animal, the to'an, and then when he needed to put the load back onto the animal, he helped him to do so. Even if, if this happened four or five times, that the owner was doing this and so you helped him, Chayev, you are still obligated to do it again and again and it's considered a mitzvah each time. Shanem, as the Pasuk says, You should surely help him. And the fact that the Mishnah, the Torah uses this double expression teaches that the mitzvah applies even multiple times. We had a very similar Mishnah early on in, the, in this Perek, which is probably why the Mishnah puts this next to the laws of Ashav Saveda, which taught that there's a mitzvah to do Ashav Saveda multiple times. Continues the Mishnah, what happens if the owner of the donkey goes and sits down on the side, the Omar, and he says to a person who's passing by, since it's upon you as a mitzvah, since you have a mitzvah to take the things off of my donkey, so if you want to fulfill the mitzvah, like the Torah obligates you to unload the donkey, then unload it. It might not be fair, but he's got a point. Says the mission, in such a case, Potter, you are exempt from fulfilling the mitzvah. Shanem, as the Pesach says, Imoi, it says, imoi. You should surely help him with him, which teaches that you're only obligated to do prika to unload the animal, and the same goes for te'ina, to load the animal, if you're doing it with him, but not if the owner himself refuses to help. However, if the owner refuses to help because he is old or ill and he's not able so much to take it off, it's difficult for him. In such a case, you would be obligated to do the mitzvah of prika or te'ina. Says the Mishnah, it's a mitzvah, it's an obligation to do prika, to unload the animal, even if you're not going to receive any payment for it. But it's not a mitzvah to load the animal unless the owner is willing to pay you. Part of the mitzvah of prika is to prevent harm to the animal. And so it's considered to be a bigger mitzvah, and perhaps only that is a mitzvah. Rabbi Shimon and Rabbi Shimon says, It's also a mitzvah of, to, to, to do te'ina to load the animal and to help the owner to do that. Even though here there's no Tsar Balichayim involved, quite the opposite, you're putting things onto the animal for it to carry. Rabbi Shimon learns from the Psukim that that is also considered a mitzvah in to help him do so, even if you're not going to be paid. Rabbi Shimon says, If the donkey was carrying more than the regular amount for a donkey to carry, very interestingly, even though we would think that there's more of a mitzvah to help him unload it now, because there's more Tzai Balechaim involved, says the Mishnah, you don't need to help him to do the prika, to unload the animal. And this is learned from a Pasuk, Shanem, as the Pasuk says, that the mitzvah applies when the donkey is becoming weary, when the donkey is carrying something, and the, the, the expression of the Pasuk is tachas masoi, under his burden, the thing which he is carrying, which implies that the mitzvah only applies when it's masoshiach boy, something which the donkey is able to carry, is able to carry and to stand, but if it's something which the donkey is not able to stand with for a long time, so then the mitzvah does not apply for you to help him to unload the animal. Mishud Aleph, what happens if somebody finds two items? One of them is Avidosoi, an item which he himself lost, and the other one is Avidis Oviv, an item which his father lost. And he's only able to save one of them, to return one of them. Says Kedames, his own lost item takes precedence. Even though over here there's two mitzvahs involved, there's a Shavas Aveda and Kibbutz Aim. 
Let's learn from Pesukim that you're not obligated to have a loss yourself in order to fulfill the mitzvah of Ashavah Saveda. Similarly, if he finds something which he himself lost and which his teacher, the one who taught him Torah, that which he lost, again, his own item takes precedence and he would not be obligated to do Ashavah if it would mean losing out on his own item. Then what happens if he finds two items and one of them is Avedis Oviv, an item which his father lost, and the other one is Avedis Rabbi, an item which the person who taught him Torah lost. Says the Mishnah, Shal Rabbi Kedemes, his teacher's lost item takes precedence. And we're talking about one's main Rebbe. Not anybody who taught him Torah, but one's main Rebbe. The logic is that his father brought him to to this world. Whereas his teacher who taught him Torah is bringing him to the next world, which is considered to be the main world. And so logically speaking, he is obligated to honor him more than he is obligated to honor his father. However, says the mission of him, if his father is Talmud Chacham, he himself is a person who knows a lot of Torah, then then his father's lost item comes first, even though he might have learnt a lot more Torah from his Rebbe, since he learnt some Torah from his father, and his father's also his father, so he's obligated to, oblig- he's obligated to honor him more than his main teacher. Continues Mishnah, if his father and his teacher were carrying something, or they had a donkey which was carrying something, first he should unload his teacher's load, and then he should unload his father's load, because he's obligated to honor his teacher more. If his father and his teacher were captured and he needs to ransom them and he's only able to ransom one of them. Or there's an order, he can do one of them and then later on he can ransom another one, says the Mishnah, first he should redeem his teacher, and then redeem his father because his teacher takes precedence once again because he is the one bringing him to Olam Haba. But the Mishnah says, if his father was also a Talmud Chacham, even though he learnt perhaps less Torah from him, since he's a Talmud Chacham and he probably learnt some Torah from him, so then he should first give precedence to redeeming his father, and then the next priority after that is to redeem his teacher from the captives. The focus of the third parak of the Masechta is the Arba Shemrim, the four types of people who have somebody else's possession under their control and guard, but they are not the real owners of the item. And for each of the Arba Shemrim, we need to take into account two things. Firstly, is he allowed to use the item or not? And secondly, if he is being paid or if he is paying the owner. And the level of liability of each of the four type of guards depends on how much they are benefiting and gaining and how much the real owner is gaining. So, for example, a shemachinom, somebody who is guarding the item for free. So he's not allowed to use it. He's just guarding it for the sake of the owner, so he's doing a favor for the owner, and he's not even being paid to do so. So over here, all of the benefit is really to the real owner. And so the liability of a Shemechinom is a low level of liability. And the parak begins with talking about a Shemechinom, and the law is that if the item is stolen or lost, the Shemechinom is not obligated to pay for the item. However, he does need to swear in Bastin, he needs to make an oath in Bastin, that it was indeed stolen or lost, and it's not because of his Peshia, 
Pshia is when the Shomer doesn't fulfill his role of guarding it properly. He is negligent and does not guard it properly. So he needs to swear that it's not because of his Pshia that it was lost or stolen. It's not that he left the door open, for example. But if he does swear, then he'll be exempt from paying even for something like that, where the item is lost or stolen. Or the war so something happens out of his control. Now on the other extreme, we have a Shoyel, who is a borrower. A borrower can use it, so he is the one gaining, and he doesn't even have to pay in order to use it. So a Shoyel has the highest level of liability, that even if something happens totally out of his control, he would be liable to pay the owner. That's on the other extreme. And in the middle, we have two other types of Shoyrim. One is a Shomer Sochar, somebody who is guarding the animal, so he's doing a favor for the owner, he can't use it, however he's being paid to do so. So that's his gain. And the fourth type of shomer is a soicher, somebody who is renting an item. So in this case he can use it, so that's his gain. But he has to pay in order to use it, so that's the owner's gain. So these two, the shomer sochar and the soicher, they would have a medium le- level of liability, which we'll discuss later on in, in this parrot. But yeah, as it may, the Mishnah says, a one who gives his friend, he gives somebody else an item to look after. And we're talking about a Shomer Chinom. He gives him behema, an animal, a kalim, or utensils to look after. Venignavu, and they get stolen. Aishavdu, or they get lost. Now the truth is, the rest of the Mishnah discusses a case where it was stolen. So there are actually some versions of the Mishnah which delete the words Aishavdu, that it got lost. Alternatively, it's talking about a case where the item is lost, meaning it's no longer there, and we're not sure whether somebody stole it or it was lost in some other way. And therefore the continuation of the Mishnah, which talks about when the thief is found, would be applicable to this case as well. Be as it may, as we mentioned before, since he is a Shomer in such a case he is able to take an oath in Beistin and he will be exempt from paying. However, this person he didn't want to make the oath. Making an oath is a very serious thing, and since part of the oath over here is that he has to swear that he, look, uh, he looked after it properly and guarded it properly, so he might be a bit nervous that perhaps he was on the edge, he didn't guard it absolutely perfectly, so he might be a bit nervous to make an oath in Beistin that he guarded it perfectly. So Shilem, he decided, I'm going to pay for the item, and he did not want to swear the oath in Beistin, that it was stolen or lost, that he looked after it properly. Share Omru, because the Chachom said that A Shomechinom is able to make an oath and be exempt from paying. But he decided to pay, says the Mishnah, inside Ganav, and later on, the thief is found. And the law is that a thief needs to pay, he needs to pay double the value of the item which he stole. And Torah if after the thief stole the animal, he slaughtered the animal, or he sold the animal to somebody else. And we're talking specifically about a sheep or an ox. The Torah says in such a situation, the thief is liable to pay four or five times the value of the animal. If it's an ox, then it's five times the value. If it's a sheep, then it's four times the value. This is a fine which the thief needs to pay to the person who he stole from. Says the Mishnah, to who does a thief pay? Not to the owner of the item, but to the person who is guarding that item. And the Gemara explains that when somebody appoints a Shoimer to look after his item, there is an assumed stipulation and condition which is made that if this will occur, that the item is stolen and the person decides to pay, the Shoimer decides to pay instead of making an oath, and then later on the thief is found, 
that already from the moment that he's giving over the item to the shomer, the shomer becomes the owner of the item. The only way that the shomer is able to receive the payments of tashmei kefil, etc., is if he's considered to be the owner, and we consider it that the thief stole from him. So it must be that there's an assumption that when the owner gives over the item to the shomer, that he is actually transferring the ownership over to him on condition that this whole story will happen. That the shomer will pay instead of swearing, etc. And this is really quite an understood assumption because the owner would actually prefer this. The owner is willing to forego the possibility of receiving tashnomei kefel, a double payment or four or five times the payment if the shomer will pay him immediately. He doesn't know if the thief will be found. He might never get back anything. So he would prefer a definite payment from the shomer than a possible double payment from the thief. So because even he would prefer that, there is an assumption that this whole arrangement exists, and that is the reason why the thief would pay the shomer in the case where the shomer had already paid the owner, because it would emerge that the thief is considered to have stolen from the shomer himself because the item is considered to be his. Because he paid for it, so retroactively when he received the item, it's considered to be his already from then. Alright, on the other hand, if the Shomer swore, he made an oath, and he didn't want to pay, so in this case, of course, since I got him to Shomer Kefel, if the thief is found, then he has to pay the Shomer Kefel, double payment, if he slaughtered the sheep or the ox, or he sold it, he needs to pay four or five times the value, four for a sheep, five for an ox, and in this case, who does he have to pay? And of course, he would pay the real owner of the item. Somebody who rents a cow from his friend, and he then lends that cow to somebody else. So let's say Reuven is the owner of the cow, Shimon rents the cow from Reuven, and Levi borrows the cow from Shimon. And we're going to understand that Reuven gave permission to Shimon to lend out the cow for as long as he is renting the cow. And the cow died in a natural way during this time that Levi was borrowing the cow. Now the law is that if this is out of the Shomer's control, it's not his fault at all. So in such a case, a renter is exempt because the thing which happened is out of his control. On the other hand, a borrower, a shoyel, is liable in such a situation, even though it's totally out of his control. Since he is getting all of the benefit over here, he's using the animal and, and he doesn't have to pay to use it, so he is liable to pay in such a situation. So what should we do, be done in such a case? Says the Mishnah Yeshua has soicher, shmeisakadarka, the soicher, shimon, the renter, he should make an oath that it, it died a natural death. And he would certainly be exempt from paying, because he is not liable to this, to this extent. The hashoyel, but the borrower who is obligated to pay in such a situation, Yeshalem, he should pay. To who? Says the Mishnah soicher. He should pay the renter, shimon. Because he borrowed from him. That is the opinion of, Rabita, of the Tanakama. However, Rabbi Yaisi, Rabbi Yaisi says, How can this person, Shimon, who is renting the animal belonging to Ruvain, how can he do business and gain from Ruvain's cow? He's not the real owner. Rather, the borrower, Levi, is obligated to return the cow, meaning the value of the cow, to the real owner, to Ruvain. Because Rabbi Yaisi is of the opinion that we really look at Levi as being a borrower from Ruvain. 
And Shimon is sort of a middle party who's just a messenger, as it were, of Ruvain. But really, we all, all, all along look at Levi as being a borrower of Ruvain, and therefore he's liable to pay Ruvain and not Shimon.